Awesome. We're going to um, continue in the message. And I wanted to wish Pastor Jose, it was his birthday the other day. And so just want to wish him happy birthday. He's watching online. And uh, I think he turned, I think it was 37 that he turned, 37, 38. But, uh, <laughs> but we went to the hitching post, some of us, for his birthday. Have you guys ever been to the hitching post before? So it's in the middle of nowhere. Feel like you're in a movie or something, and uh, just amazing stakes there. So if you guys ever go, go on your birthday. Um, but we enjoyed it. Elazar was funny because Elazar was watching the Charger game, uh, the football game, and he was sitting next to me, but he couldn't see the game. But he said uh, he looked at this picture on the wall at a perfect reflection of the TV behind it. So he's watching the game through the picture. Anyways, it's kind of funny. Um, so yeah, happy birthday to Jose, and then we're excited that they're going to be back here with us uh, starting November 5th. That's when the official baton is passed. So we're really excited, and um, so he, you know, he's going to be with us and supporting role, and all the people I don't want to counsel, I'm going to send to Pastor Jose. <laughs> But other than that, um, we just finished moving into our apartment, Addie and I, and it was literally just two doors down. And so that's been pretty easy just moving in. And um, But actually, before I start sharing the message this morning, I just want to pray if anyone needs healing, they need a miracle in your body. Um, can you just stand up? We're just going to pray for healing if that's you. Okay. And so... Yeah, if you guys are around the people that are standing, you put a, um, a hand on their shoulder. Yeah. And so, Lord, I thank you, Jesus, that you're the healer in this place. And um, we just simply command that all pain would leave now in the name of Jesus. And we just release your healing anointing right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, and even before you sit, just kind of test it out, even right now, before, just kind of move it around, whatever was sore. Sometimes you just have to move it. And so let us know if there's any healing even right now. Good. Okay. And so I want to start off with a question for uh, this morning, and the question is, what moves you? Like, what? what's the reason why we do certain things? I think when we go to heaven... I don't think it's going to be necessarily what we all did, but it's why did we do the things we did, you know, and I think it's the motive behind, you know, I can be in ministry for 50 years, but if it's not done in love, it says it counts for nothing. I can have faith to move mountains, but if it's not done in love, it doesn't count. And so it's the simplicity of having a pure motive for why we do the things we do, you know, in ministry, you know, in leadership, um, a lot of pastors could be competitive and they do things at a competition from other churches or, or maybe self-promotion or maybe uh, being moved by the fear of man or maybe by the tithe, but the simplicity about being moved by the Holy Spirit and keeping that the main thing. And uh, that's the pure motive. That's why Jesus came. And um, I want to turn to Matthew 9.35. It's going to be on the screen. But also, if you guys have your Bibles, you could turn there. But Matthew 9.35, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, 
teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. And he's still doing that today. He hasn't stopped doing that. And he's using us. He's, he's, and the thing is, in verse 36, this is his why. Why was he doing this? But when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. And so this is the reason why he was moved with compassion. I think a lot of times we hear in church, hey, don't be led by your emotions. But the thing is, Jesus was led by his emotions actually a good amount. When it's inspired by the Holy Spirit, we got to be led by our emotions. If he wasn't moved by compassion, he wouldn't have done all that stuff. And so it's okay. God gave us emotions, and it's okay to actually allow those to happen. Don't shut off your emotions. We hear that term, hey, just be led by the word alone and not your emotions. That's not true. Because if Jesus wasn't led by compassion, a lot of the miracles wouldn't have happened. Okay, when he fed the five the 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish, it says he looked at the multitudes, then he was moved by compassion, then he did the miracle. Okay, and the same thing with also the 4,000. The same thing with also the two blind men. So when he saw the blind men, he was moved by compassion, then healed them. The same thing with the leper. He saw the leper, then he was moved with compassion, then he healed the leper. So sometimes the greatest miracles start when you're moved by compassion. The simplicity, when you feel the compassion of the Lord for other people. And so you feel it in your heart. You're not going to feel it in your mind. And the thing about this too, you know, this is actually the most commonly expressed um, emotion of Jesus in the gospel is compassion. Okay, so this is the most used one by Jesus. And when someone's compassionate, Jesus wasn't like, hey, I'm showing compassion right now. Write this down in the Bible. You can visibly see compassion on people. And oftentimes it's in their eyes. You could see it in their eye. You see compassion. They might be crying, getting teary-eyed. But that's the compassion of the Lord. It's visible. Okay, and it's easy to be compassionate for the people that are just like you, talk like you, think like you, but being compassionate for people that are opposite than you, maybe a different culture, different religion, and showing that compassion. The Good Samaritan, you know, that story, you know, the, the Levite uh, walked by the priest, but it said when the Samaritan saw the stranger, then he was moved by compassion, okay? And so I want to keep repeating this because the simplicity of it, be moved by compassion. We live in a time now where we're very desynthesized to things and nothing can move us. We got to come to a place again of being moved by God's compassion. Um, the definition of a compassion, oh, there it is, you're ahead of me. I'm not going to try to try to pronounce that, splag that one, but it's from the inward parts it's from your heart, your lungs, liver, the kidneys. These gradually came to know the seat of the affections, the inward parts of you, okay? That's what it means when you're moved by compassion, all right? And um, so there's many examples in the Bible, but I want to turn to Luke chapter 7, and we're going to be focused on this story in the Bible. Um, this is after the faith of the centurion. If you guys remember the story there was a centurion that came to Jesus. He said, just say the word and my servant will be healed. And Jesus was marveled by this faith. 
And he says, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. And so he marveled at this. And then at that time, his servant was healed. So after this amazing miracle, Jesus walks with his disciples. It's about 23 miles south to a random town called Nain. And we don't hear about it too much, but Nain, this could be like a random town like Napomo. Okay, you don't hear about Napomo too much. It's like, what's in Napomo? Not a whole lot. Um, but, no, not, I'm not trying to be mean. If you live in Napomo, it's amazing. But, uh, <laughs> but Nain was a very small town, maybe 300 people, small farm area, not a whole lot going on. But Jesus needed to go to the town of Nain. Okay, he had divine appointment in Nain. And so I'm going to start reading verse 11. It says, it happened the day after. So this is the day after. So he probably walked all night. These are small details that we forget. Him and his disciples probably walked all night. The next day they arrive at Nain. And he went to a city called Nain. And, and uh, many of his disciples went with them in a large crowd. And when he came near the gate of the city, and the gate of the city is where everything happens, this is going to be, you know, the trades and all these things happen at the gate. Behold, a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the city was with her. And so just to put ourselves in this woman's shoes, she had already lost her, her husband. She already had to bury her husband. And now the day of, she's going to have to bury her son. And during this time, at this age, she probably wasn't going to have a, another job. She was going to probably have to be a beggar. Um, her, you know, finances was going to be in her son, but her son had just passed away. And so this is a very devastating thing for this woman. She's probably in shock. All these people are there. And it's one thing to grieve with your family, but when you have to grieve in front of all these people, I mean, you're going to be, you don't want to be there. And so this is a nightmare for this woman. I mean, this is shock. And they say it's the hardest thing ever for a human is to have to bury your own child. And so this woman had to do this, and it was the day of. We don't know how this young man had passed away, but on the way there, um, Jesus shows up on the scene. And the incredible thing about this story is she doesn't have a word. She doesn't pray. She doesn't ask Jesus for anything. Um, there's no one in the crowd that says, Jesus, come to this woman. Um, this was simply God's sovereignty. This is Jesus showing up at the lowest place of her life. This is arguably the lowest place Jesus shows up. In the deepest place of her grief, Jesus shows up on the scene. I'm feeling the Holy Spirit really strong right now. Whew. And so if you're at a low point of your life, Jesus is right there. He wants to show, not just hear about Jesus, but have an encounter with Jesus in your lowest place. Okay, we could hear scripture about him and sing songs about him. That's important, but that should lead to an encounter with the living God. And so this woman doesn't know maybe about the Messiah, maybe doesn't know he could raise the dead. I don't think she has faith that he's going to be raised from the dead. I don't think she has this. And this young man doesn't have faith either, either because he's dead. Okay? So a lot of times people say, well, you don't have enough faith. You don't have enough faith. God doesn't always need our faith. Okay, there's no faith in this story. There's no prayer in this story. And Jesus is going to have his way. Regardless of how holy the prayer was or how much faith is in the equation, Jesus is going to do what Jesus wants to do. 
at the end of the day. And I'm feeling the Holy Spirit. Whew. Okay. <laughs> Got goosebumps all over. Wow. Okay. And so verse 13, this is where the miracle begins. Is simply when Jesus shows up on the scene. Okay, verse 13, when the Lord saw her. I think a lot of times we can look at people, we can look at our spouse, we can look at our children, but not really see them. And, you know, we got to really see people from where they're at and really see past maybe the smile or maybe past the, hey, I'm doing okay. Um, just the other day, Addie was sharing that um, Aunt Monica, um, it was funny, but she asked, um, first she asked uh, Addie, hey, how's uh, Rob doing? Because he hurt his hip. And Addie goes, you know what? He's, he's hanging in there. He's going to be okay. And then um, she runs into Matt Wall, and she asks the same question. How's Rob doing? Um, you know, he's actually doing better. He's helping out in the, the yard and, er and everything. It's, oh, okay. He's changed a lot, you know, pretty quick. And then she ran into my brother at Trader Joe's and asked the same question. Brad's laughing over there. And she goes, you know, how's Rob doing? You know what? He's, he's done. He wants to go home. He's, he wants to die. So... <laughs> He's been a little dramatic, but which one do you, you know, listen to? And so people can say one thing, but at the end of the day, what is, what's the truth? And we got to be able to see people where they're at. And this is the lowest point of this woman's life is right now. And Jesus sees her, you know, and she shows up on the scene. Okay. So in verse 13, when the Lord saw her, then he had compassion on her. It's hard to have compassion for people if we don't see them. So he had compassion on her and then said to her, do not weep. And that would be kind of a rude thing to do at someone's funeral service. Hey, don't cry. Don't cry. But there was a reason why Jesus said this. Okay. And even in Israel right now, there's a lot of mourning happening. I saw this story of um, this family. They just moved to Israel and about two years ago, and this 24-year-old daughter on Hamas terrorist killed his daughter. And this is real-life stuff happening we got to be aware of. And uh, just because we don't live there doesn't mean we can't pray and do something about it. And so this daughter, you know, passed away, and they had to bury their daughter. And they needed 10 people to be at the funeral to make it a legal funeral service. And so they only had like five people, but on the way there, a huge crowd showed up on the scene that supported them and just mourned with this family. And so it's important to mourn with those who mourn. But when Jesus says also do not weep, there is a reason why he says this. And verse 14, it says, he came and touched the open coffin. And so you're not supposed to do that during this time because you would be unclean. But Jesus can do what he wants to do because he's God. And it says, and those who carried him stood still. Imagine this. They're carrying this dead young man. Jesus interrupts it, and then they stand still. And I love how Jesus ministers because sometimes it's a lot less words than how we maybe pray. It's a lot more efficient. It's to the point. It says, boom. You know, he calls a spade a spade because all he says is, young man, I say to you, arise. That's all he says. He doesn't have a seven-hour prayer meeting and nothing wrong with a seven-hour prayer meeting. But in that moment, he just spoke with authority. 
And this is two miles away from when Elisha also raised the widow's son, only two miles away. And Elisha had to, you know, kind of beg God. But in this moment, Jesus spoke life. He spoke authority. Okay. And so he who was dead sat up and began to speak and he presented him to his mother. I wonder what he was saying. Like, I just saw heaven, you know, all these things were happening. And I mean, just a picture of this, you be in awe. You know, in the Gospels, this only happens three times that Jesus raised someone from the dead. And this reminds me of a story like three years ago. I never seen someone get raised from the dead, but um, I know ultimately Jesus, spiritually, we could be asleep, that God wants to wake us up out of our slumber, okay, to be born again. That's the most important but um, about three years ago, after church service, um, we went to Denny's to get some dinner. And uh, out of nowhere, my buddy is sitting next to me. He gets a phone call from, like, a police officer. And so he's like, what's going on? He thinks it might be a prank or something. He goes, your father was just, he just died in a boat accident. And he was completely shocked. And he's like, what are you talking about? He's perfectly fine. You know, I just saw him like this morning. He says he was just lost. He just died in it. And so complete shock came upon my friend in this moment. And as a friend, you can't try to fix anything. You just have to sit with people that are mourning and just, just try to pray. And so he believed for a miracle. He believed that his dad was going to get raised from the dead. I mean, he reads it in the Bible here. And so... Anyways, we drive to Santa Barbara, and he asked me and another buddy to pray with him. And so we get there, and we have to wait like four hours for them to bring their dad, you know, on shore. I mean, this is a real-life thing. I'm people, this, is, this stuff's happening. And so he's believing. He's believing for a miracle and just praying in faith. And, you know, we see the dad in, in a body bag, and that's like, it's a heavy thing. But it brings the sense of like, hey, reality is real. And uh, eternity is a real thing. And we're all going to face, you know, one day we're all going to pass away. And uh, we have to be aware of that. Are we ready? And uh, so anyways, nothing happened. You know, I wish I could have said a miracle happened, but there was no miracle. And there was a sense of just grief and mourning. Um, But about a year after this, maybe a year and a half, my friend, he gets a dream of his dad in heaven. And his dad was so happy. He says, heaven is so much better than you could ever think of. And it was so much joy. And on earth, he was a builder. So he built houses. But in heaven, he was doing the same thing. He was building homes in heaven. And so we're going to have a job in heaven. We're going to have a purpose in heaven. We're not just going to be sitting on the clouds singing kumbaya. We're going to have a purpose. And so, but that should bring hope because we probably all lost someone in our life, a dear one, maybe a spouse, a parent, whatever. But a lot of times, and you know, we're praying, God, bring them back, bring them back, bring them back. But they're in heaven saying, don't bring me back. I want to stay. I want to stay. I want to stay. It's way better here. And so we have to be aware that they're in heaven with the Lord, full of peace, full of joy. Okay. And so in verse 16, it said, then fear came upon all the people and they glorified God saying a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. And this reports about Jesus went throughout all Judea and all the surrounding region. 
And uh, I was just kind of praying about this, and maybe this exact story doesn't resonate with you, but maybe you have a prodigal son or prodigal friend that's been sleeping, not walking with God. And so we have to also speak life to these people. It's one thing to go in our prayer room and pray and pray for them, but also right to their face and say, young man, rise up. You know, I was actually thinking... Normally, I have like Dell's Pizza as an example for a restaurant, but for some reason, I was thinking of a roundtable pizza, if that's okay. But I was thinking, <laughs> whoa, wow. Okay. But when I was praying, I saw this father hanging out with his son that's been a prodigal, run away, been asleep. And then after they finish having dinner, that the father speaks to the son, but he's not speaking to his body he's speaking to his spirit and saying young man i say to you rise and so i can kind of just picture that where it could be one statement you say that people wake up out of their slumber and all of a sudden they're alive and well and um maybe the son's like why don't you just tell me it's time to go why'd you have to say young man rise but the simplicity of using our words that bring authority and bring life and that's what Jesus did. He wasn't begging the father, please, 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 please. He spoke to this young man, rise up, okay? And, um, and so I would just really encourage all you guys, like it's okay to feel emotions. It's okay to feel this compassion, feel tears. That's a good thing. And uh, we have to allow these emotions to be unlocked, and instead of always, you know, praying for these huge miracles, what if we leaned in to that compassion that we're feeling? Maybe someone in the room, someone at church that you just feel compassion for for some reason, lean into that. Don't ignore these small impressions of compassion. And maybe it's not a stranger. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe we got to really not just look at them, but see them. You know, because it all started, I want to go back to verse 13. Um, it all started when Jesus saw her first okay it she, he didn't just randomly get compassion out of nowhere it's when he showed up on the scene and saw her where she's at then he experienced compassion and then he acted and so i think a lot of times we might not see people and we just try to do an act of god we just try to do ministry but i think we have to slow down more and maybe just see people again where they're at there was times that Jesus, it said he saw the multitudes, so he slowed down, then he felt compassion, then he healed them. Okay, so maybe less is more. Maybe we got to talk less and say more. Jesus really only said two sentences for this miracle, and it spread throughout the whole region. He said, do not weep, and then, and then he said, young man, I say to you, arise. Okay, so it's more about our quality of words than our quantity. Okay, if we're hitting the bullseye, transformation is going to happen. Don't feel like we have to be these people with all these words to speak what God is speaking, and you're going to see change. Okay, and so just to kind of remind you guys, let's see people where they're at, and let's, let's feel, let's feel that compassion, and then let's act. Let's do what God is telling us to do. And so I just want to invite the worship team up um, and the simplicity of seeing people, feeling, and acting. Um, I got invited to go to the AG High School just the other day to do FCA, and I thought I was going to share a message, but it was 
didn't have enough time. They did a team picture. But when you show up on the campus, um, it's not always like the words we say. We got to show up in people's situation and just see them. Maybe I was supposed to be there just to be there to see these kids and then start feeling compassion. And uh, so I just want you guys just to stand up. This is a just a prayer to just feel the compassion of God. Yeah, Father, I just thank you. I just feel like let's just wait on the Lord right now. We're not in a hurry. Thank you, Father. Yeah, we just asked uh, also for forgiveness for just being in a hurry. I feel like we're always at point A to point B. We got to drive here and go there and maybe we could just slow down more and we can get more done with just being efficient with the Lord and just saying what he's saying. And so, Father, we just thank you right now that we can just give us your eyes to really see people where they're at, wherever they are. Maybe someone with a different background, different tradition, different religion, and just to see, see maybe past the smile, right to what's going on in the heart. And so, Father, we just receive your compassion right now. Yeah. It's like when the Good Samaritan, when he walked by, he did something about it. And so, Father, we just thank you for uh, action. In Jesus' name.